Hello, everyone, and thank you for watching Really Dicey. This is Manny. And I'm RJ. Today, we're reviewing Spelljammer Adventures in Space for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition from Wizards of the Coast. It's a reboot of a classic setting from the days of 2nd Edition Dungeons & Dragons about 30 years ago, back in the 1900s. <laughs> if you like this or any of our videos, please like and subscribe. Uh, YouTube has notified me that over 250,000 people have viewed our videos, which is phenomenal. But very few have subscribed. And if you could do so, it would mean a lot to us. Okay, so this set is Wizards of the Coast doing something very different. Their previous setting books are just one book with about two to 300 pages. With this set, there are 192 pages, but they are divided into three books that are 64 pages each. There's also a DM screen uh, specific for the setting and a bookcase that you fit this all into. The three books in this set are The Astral Adventurer's Guide, Boo's Astral Menagerie, and The Light of Xerixis, which is an adventure. So we're going to discuss and review all three books and ask the big question, is this product worth your purchase? So first, let's talk about The Astral Adventurer's Guide, which is intended to be shared with players. Of the three books, this was the most disappointing. It feels incomplete, rushed, and thematically uneven. Uh, six pages are dedicated to a space city called the Rock of Brawl, which a lot of you who play second edition are familiar with. Um, nine pages are dedicated to new player options, which are just two new backgrounds and six new races. The rest is about the magic science of Spelljammers, which are the space vehicles you use to travel in the Astral Sea. There are 16 types of spell jammers available. Definitely the best part of the book is the art and descriptions of each of the ships. Yeah, the spell jammers have interesting designs. Uh, a few have useful abilities, but the majority of them are pretty much the same mechanically, but they look very different. And there are maps of the interiors of each type of ship. Outside of the art for the Rock of Brawl, the setting doesn't feel alien enough. It's generic enough they can take most of of this city and and put it into any part of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, the inn with the Beholder bartend, bartender is cool, but it leaves me with some obvious questions it never addresses. You would definitely need to homebrew a lot of new elements to this space city unless you are fine with, uh, with generic elements uh, in your adventures. Uh, despite that there is a great selection of spill gems to choose from, the rules for navigation and combat cannot be cannot get more bland. I wish it were more exciting or silly. Oh, and here's a hint. If you don't want to deal with your ship's air bubble going bad, buy a bunch of plants. Solved. Yeah, it seems like everyone in this setting should be using this new plants provide air technology. But there's only one type of spell jammer that does. Uh, it seems very odd. But the astral sea travel is simply spending time since you can't get lost. It's only when you get into a wild space ship that things get interesting. Ship-to-ship uh, -ship combat is super simple. Basically, you can maneuver your ship in any way you want uh, without restriction other than it has a movement speed. So yes, in a single turn, you can pivot on a dime twice, make it do 12 barrel rolls while firing all weapons, and then do a loop-de-loop. -loop. Um, these rules are not really designed for anything more than closing to boarding range or fleeing. Some of the new ratio options like the GIF or JIF which are a race of hippo people, are fine for the most part. I was very disappointed with the three queen. The three queen are mantis people with four arms. 
so when you fight the NPC version of a three cream, they have multiple attacks, but the player version of three cream doesn't have an extra attack or a minor action or anything. Not even at later levels. So I don't know what's the point. Well, playing a Thakreen does let you use two hands for fighting and still have hands free for casting spells with somatic components, if spell components are even a consideration at your table. Uh, many DMs uh, simply look the other way on those requirements. And the, Hod the Hadozi are the center of some recent controversy, of course, as well as having a terribly abusable glide trait. Um, but these issues are already changed in the digital version. So be aware that your print version is already out of date. Blue's Astro Menagerie is Spelljammer's 64-page monster manual. I was pleasantly surprised by this book. I expected most of the entries to be like the space version of dwarves or space version of halflings or more anthropomorphic creatures. There are a lot of horrifying monsters in here, from cosmic horrors to solar dragons. I expected Space Clowns to be a very silly entry, honestly, but then I read about them and realized it was the opposite of what I expected. Yeah, these monsters range from CR 0 to 20, with the majority being CR 5 or less. There are also random encounter tables for Wild Space, for Astral Sea, and for ship encounters. These uh, random encounter tables are also printed on the DM screen. And by the way, there are 10 bonus monsters for this setting on D&D Beyond in the Monstrous Compendium Volume 1 colon Spelljammer Creatures. Can they make that name longer? <laughs> the, the art is fantastic. Age art of the Solo Dragon, I'm hoping for a poster release. Um, there are some strange things I'm scratching my head over, like why are giant space hamsters considered beasts and normal space hamsters considered monsters? But overall, I enjoyed this book and its attempt to bring a sense of fear in space and the astral plane. The Light of Sarixis is the third book in this set. It is a 64-page adventure for levels 5 to 8. The main story is inspired by the 1980s movie Flash Gordon. So this means it has dangerous alien worlds, battles in space, political warfare, making strange allies, and solving the mystery of how to save your homeworld from utter destruction. I really like the challenges contained within. Now, I thought it had a great amount of combat encounters, uh, problem solving, and story options for your dungeon master should your adventurers win or lose an encounter. My only complaint about this adventure is that it doesn't include Spelljammer Academy and adventure in D&D Beyond, which is odd. That adventure is also a fun way to introduce players to the setting, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the latter Sarissus adventure. Yeah, this adventure is pretty long. It's about 24 to 36 hours of play. It's not a sandbox, though. It's a linear progression of events. But the writers provide plenty of ways to deal with possible deviations by the players to get them back onto your rails. But not always. Um, so, for example, there are some arena battles in one part, and there's no contingency plan for the players losing those battles. So... DMs will have to stay alert and maybe even fudge some parts to keep the story together. So, in conclusion, would I recommend purchasing Spelljammer Adventures in Space? Well, it has fantastic art, a wonderful adventure, a fantastic monster manual, but the Astral Adventurer's Guide ruins the whole set. I wish each of these books were sold separately. I would definitely pick up Boo's Astral Menagerie and add it to my collection of monster manuals. The Astral Adventurer's Guide feels very complete and very rushed. The layout of that book, 
even looks odd, like they were purposely trying to fill up space so it doesn't seem so empty. It, it, honestly, I, I feel like I'm being scammed a bit. Uh, Wizard of the Coast has produced other setting books that are less expensive than this set, but have so much more content. Why not break up the Astral Adventures Guide? Uh, maybe make a, a separate book just on the, the ships and, and set information and maybe another on player options and, and maybe more options of, of running a ship. Yeah, it's worth pointing out that these books are also printed on the heaviest paper we've seen in a Watsi product yet. Mm. And the decision to make it three books is unusual. The thickness of the covers and DM screen all combined together is more than the thickness of all the pages combined. I would have liked to see more content in the Astral Adventurer's Guide, such as ship-to-ship -ship combat rules, uh, ways to design your own spell jammers, and more wild space hazards. And then put the monsters in the back of the Light of Xerixis adventure and make that one book a DM-only book. So you'd have two books in the set. I'm really trying not to be so negative, um, especially since the other two books are stellar. If you're looking for a set that has good monsters and adventures, and you want navigation and ship combat to be as basic as it can possibly be, with no rules to create your own ship, and no rules to make your own planets, civilizations, new alien NPCs, and communities, then this set is for you. If you'd like to spend more money for less content, here you go. As an aside, uh, the DMs Guild has Spelljammer content that fills in a lot of these gaps. RJ, if I may ask, why do you think they haven't tied this book into Journeys to the Raven Citadel, which just came out last month? How exciting that would have been. Yeah, I think that would have been great. Uh, I would probably make the Radiant Citadel and all of the mini settings it has uh, as wild spaces for a spell jamming party to to visit. Anyway, to answer my question, would I recommend uh, you buying this, the viewer? No. Uh, Starfinder, Star Trek, the RPG, Star Wars D6, Traveler, Death in Space. There are so many better options out there. Oh, oh, wait, if you want to run a, a, a space mission in 5e, Dark Matter by Mage Hand Press is also an option. Um, look at this. Um, this is the same price uh, as the uh, Spelljammer set, but this has uh, almost 500 pages of, of information for you. Um, after reading the Radiant Citadel, I'll be honest, I feel let down because uh, I know Wizards of the Coast can do so much better, and I hope Wizards of the Coast can really, like, take a look at this product again and maybe um, do a publish a companion book. Yeah, I think The Light of Xerixis Adventure is pretty enjoyable, though. Uh, it's silly space adventures, yes, uh, but it hits all the spaceship tropes really well. And the rules as provided, even though they're light, they're just enough to support this adventure. If you're planning to play Light of Xerixis, then spending 40 to 70 bucks on this set for 24 to 36 hours of entertainment is a calculation that only you can decide if it's worth it. Uh, I wouldn't buy this set to collect, but I would buy this if my group wanted to play that adventure. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed this program, please like the video and subscribe to our channel and water your plants. Take care. So we're going to discuss and review all three books and ask the big question, is this product worth your purchase? Spoilers, no. <laughs> <laughs>